Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. You're listening to Freedom Forum Radio. We pick up where we left off last week in our interview with Matt Bracken. What you're talking about is the contrast between moral relativity and moral black and white, the right and wrong. And that's we're in this this pendulum of moral relativity now. You do what feels good, whatever you need to satisfy your urges is okay. Uh, and we know from a morality point of view, that is a road to perdition. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I think that you can even you know, overlay onto the, so there's, a, there's a religious dimension, and I think there's a human secular uh, dimension. There's something called a chondrati of uh, wave theory, and it, it, it's basically linked to the generational memory. It's the time it takes for the oldest, smartest guy at the brokerage firm who remembers the last big crash. When he finally dies off, and there's another generation raised that says, look, let's take some big chances. We can figure out a way to recoup the, the wins and shift the losses to somebody else. But these cycles also pile up into bigger cycles. And I think we could be at the end of a huge, huge cycle, like a, a thousand-year cycle, something that's going to be as big of a pivot as the fall of Rome, but in a much more compressed time frame. You know, I think that we're going to see things and events that are on the level, say, of, of the breakout of, of Islam you know, in the 600s, it took only a hun- less than 100 years, picture this, it took less than 100 years from Muhammad's invention of the formula, the war plan, for that war plan to succeed so greatly that it swept from Mecca all the way to Spain in less than 100 years. And that's a really rapid turnover in human terms. I mean, imagine... Christian and other Christian and Buddhist and Hindu civilizations that had existed for you know centuries and centuries were just wiped out like a prairie fire going through a wheat field by Islam. So things can really change rapidly, and I think we're going to see something like that. For example, I think we can see the end of Islam in our lifetime, certainly, maybe even quicker than that, because I, I'm a firm believer that there's no Mecca, there's no Islam. You know, the faith is completely rooted in a physical worship of a physical idol in Mecca. Two of the five pillars of Islam involve the black moon rock in Mecca. We might never attack it, but if the Israelis lose a city, I guarantee you Mecca's gone that same day. And I don't think Islam can exist after that. You know, there are parallels in history. The Incas were lost their faith in their 
God-man system, when the Spanish came, so did the Aztecs. You know, just took it away. The Japanese, at the end of World War II, the emperor said surrender. They went from rabid to the last ditch, give your kid a bamboo spear, to completely cooperating with the invaders because of what the emperor told them to do. Societies can change enormously, very rapidly. And I think we're on the cusp of something like that. You know, I, I greatly fear the power going out. I, I, I greatly fear it. I don't focus so much on which scenario. I don't care if it's a, if it's a fortune, uh, you know, EMP, if it's a Carrington event, if it's a, hybr- a cyber attack from China or Russia or Iran. Every day that the power is still on, I think, is a good day. That's my biggest fear, because our society is on the verge of coming unglued. No question about it. Matt Bracken, this has been a fascinating time with you, and you're an incredible writer. You know, I, I really appreciate I've read pretty much everything you've written. I've read the Bracken Anthology, which I thought was just full of it, just wonderful stuff. Um, these three books, the, the trilogy that you wrote, Enemies, Foreign, and Domestic, Domestic Enemies, and Foreign Enemies and Traitors, these kind of novels really crystallize for so many of us, what to look for, what has happened, and if you look hard enough, what could happen in the future? And I think we've covered that uh, in our discussions uh, about this. So, yeah, my, my short stories and essays are all floating around the Internet. They can be found on Kindle, you know, bundled up as the Bracken Anthology, but like, you know, short stories like um, what I saw at the coup or the Civil War Two Cube, um, a last brave new Babylon. That's what I really want people to to read. If if people read anything I wrote, read a last brave new Babylon. I mean, it, it, there's really going to be two people. There's two kinds of people, as far as I'm concerned. There are people on this. I, I look at ourselves sort of as a um, you know a, a tourist boat on the Upper Niagara River. You know, there's about a quarter of the people that know they're even on the Upper Niagara River. And there's about maybe 10% that know it's like, you know, very soon around the next bend to the waterfalls. But about 80% of the people are still like, you know, dancing and listening to music. And they're being told by politicians that everything's great. And those fear mongers should just shut the hell up. (laughs) So just being aware of these issues we're discussing puts people in the potential survival category. Because at least we'll make some preparations. We have to take a quick commercial break here on Freedom Forum Radio. The conclusion of this conversation with Matt Bracken right after this. That's so true. You know, you mentioned memory. Think about one of the last greatest things in this country that is gone away, and that is the Great Depression. How many people are there left that actually lived through the Great Depression? How did that? Few. That's right. And how did that color the lives of that entire generation? And here they right. are; they're gone. We have they're forgotten. They're gone, and the, 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 the normalcy bias in young people is astounding. They totally believe that that it's their twenty-four hour seven right to be have to have a wireless connection, you know, to feed whatever channel they want in at any time. That this is a, a, a utility. That's the purpose behind that. that that's the. That's sort of the uh, driving force behind the, the recent takeover of the Internet. They think it is a utility. I have the right to the Internet and movies on demand. They have no idea. Back in the, in, in the Depression, 
most families didn't even have an electric refrigerator or air conditioning or decent central heat. They ate canned goods. They ate potatoes. And they, if the power had gone out, it would have been a lot smaller of a drop. But if the power goes out today, a lot of the people in hospitals will be dead in, you know, in a day or two. Well, and I, anybody needing treatment in a hospital, oh, you need surgery, you ain't going to get it. You need insulin, sorry about that. Dialysis, not going to happen. And that's just the start. Not to mention all of the millions of Americans taking antipsychotic drugs, that, you know, people that are living a normal life because their schizophrenia symptoms are suppressed by modern pharmaceuticals, well, when that's gone, we're going to have millions of people suddenly hungry, scared, stressed out, and schizophrenic and untreated. What a great combination. Right. <laughs> and it, it, you, know, you can look at, at many, many dimensions of the consequences of a, of a social breakdown, and we're going to be in for quite a storm. That's but just good. knowing this, like I encourage people, there's a few books I encourage people to get. A Failure of Civility, people need to read that. If you just get a month or two's worth of emergency food, if you don't have to go out to the supermarket the first month after power goes out, I think your odds of survival will increase greatly because the, the looted and half-looted places where food might still be found are going to be like watering holes surrounded you know, by lions and, and uh, you know, full of crocodiles. You know, the bad guys are gonna, that don't have any money or way of getting food from what food sources are left are going to go to those places to rob people on the way in or out. So just by being able to stay home and feed yourself, you're going to have a huge advantage. I, mean, ask, I think people should seriously ask themselves, what's the source of their water? And if the power goes out, how long does their water keep running? And then how long can they live without water in their house? I mean, obviously, if you live in a high-rise building, you need to give serious thought to that. Or any any high-rise building is going to become a death trap. Well, of course, I hope I'm wrong. You know, I my my most sincere hope is that I'm considered a crackpot writer, and America just does better and better. And you know, we invent fusion fuel, and everybody's riding a uh, you know a uh, Back to the Future car in a few years. And I'm just a forgotten hack writer. That's my greatest dream. I don't want my kids to grow up in the kind of thing I'm describing. I'm I describing hell on earth. I'm describing something like the 30 years war in, in Europe. You're describing the tribulation. Right. And I, and I don't think you need to even, you know, Muslims think that we're getting to the end times. I mean, all these cycles, all of these wheels within wheels, it's like tumblers in a giant safe. They're all lining up. Have you noticed? Absolutely. I mean, this is, if this isn't, if this is just a coincidence... My goodness, it's quite a coincidence. Well, if you I mean, read... I, I, don't, I don't know, and I don't really care what people believe in terms of Bible tribulation belief, uh, you know, but, and I don't want to turn this into a religious discussion, but things are happening, and we've never been vulnerable like this. We've never lived in an artificial environment, you know, that, where electricity is literally our oxygen. That's new in human history. Think about how much food grows in your zip code and how much food grows in your telephone area code. A lot of America could not feed themselves without transportation. Most of America, all cities could not. 
the cities are going to completely explode, like kicking, a, kicking open a hornet nest. You know, it, it, it's going to be ugly everywhere, but the cities are going to go completely off the wall. Well, again... Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong, too. The problem is, is that you've also outlined a lot of different lines of convergence. Where, yes. where things are converging in the wrong direction, the pressures are pushing things toward tyrannical government, toward revolution, toward a social unrest, toward a complete breakdown of civility. And, and just where, to show you my, how I give relative importance to these dangers, I think that the risk of a tyrannical government takeover is lower than the other risks, because I don't think in this country with, you know, 100 million riflemen, that there could be a, a Nazi government, because it wouldn't be tolerated, and it would be just too unsafe to be a, a leader, a politician, or a policeman. But I do worry that no matter what happens, if the power goes out, all bets are off. All bets are off. And every country on Earth has our grid as their primary target. Every potential enemy country on Earth has a plan to take down our grid. And there are some, there's some evidence that it's tested. There was the rifle attack on the uh, electrical substation in California last year. There was a fiber optic cable cut that took out, like, you know, half of, uh, what was it, Arizona? You know, one, one fiber optic cable took out the phone and Internet for, like, northern Arizona. You don't think that there are Iranian agents that have maps of optic, optical fiber cables? How easy is that? Or just drive around with boxes of flares starting forest fires. You know, I remember the uh, blackout in the Northeast. And I can't even remember what year that was in, but I was there. When the power went out and the entire, that entire grid up there in the Northeast went out. And that's, and that's when you know that the power is going to... It's a, it's a local problem. The power will be returned. What happens when people give up hope of the power returning? Their sense of morality is already non-existent. We know that moral people will do immoral things when their families are starving and afraid. So what are immoral people going to do when they're starving and afraid? Immoral things, of course. Now, they'll be completely ripe to be recruited to be camp guards or anything else, but I don't see our country, our, our federal government, being competent enough to re re retain order during something that would be on the scale of, you know, a hundred Katrinas happening at the same time. Not in terms of water level, but in terms of grid down. You know, it's one thing if, you, if, a, if an organism like a body takes a wound, like somebody shoots you in the foot, you've got both hands, you know, and all of your resources, you can still hop around, get to the medicine cabinet, throw on a tourniquet, bandages, etc. Well, if you get shot 20 times at once, you, can, you don't have enough hands to fix yourself at that point. When I see these jihadists in America go off half-cocked, these lone wolves, they're acting without orders. They're just, you know, going ahead of the... They just can't wait. But I have to assume that there are, you know, hundreds of Iranian agents in this country today, and they've got a map of their state, fiber optic cables, uh, power substations to shoot at, forest fires to burn down, forest to burn. What can stop it? And we had a crash on a key bridge here in Jacksonville a couple days ago. Very tragic. A family was killed. A semi rear-ended an SUV. It burst into flames. 
Well, the fire caused the you know problem for the bridge. They had to study the bridge. Um, another bridge out in California, I mean, two years ago, a key overpass had a tanker fire. It takes out the bridge. I mean, imagine how easy it would be to just park vehicles on key bridges all through the through New England and just set them on fire. I mean, there are so many easy targets in this country that I, I'm afraid that we're going to not even know what hit us. If, if we go to war with Iran, it's going to be home front consequences, for sure. Well, or China or Russia, any combination. No question, Matt. I mean, these these are issues that all of us need to be aware of and thinking about. But most importantly, the 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 point you bring up that I hope people take home from this is that you have to be responsible for your own preparations. Every single person, every single family must be aware that preparation for the future, for emergencies, is essential to uh, being able to survive. Right, and people have to think about water. If you woke up with no power and your tap, nothing came out of your tap, you know, how long can you live once the water stops coming out of your tap? That requires electricity, and there's very few places that are all gravity-fed. Very few places. It's very rare. There are usually pumping stations that are required to move the water around to the end users. You know, and when that power goes out in a few days, the diesel runs out and the backup pumps are, are offline, there's no more water. And people need to think, how long can you live without it? I mean, these are serious questions. They're serious and questions for, for very serious times. They, for, I, hope I'm, I hope I'm wrong and none of this ever happens. Well, I, know, I don't want to live in that world. No, nobody would. No one would. It would be a very difficult world to, to survive in, based yeah, on I, I what saw, we're used to. I saw a, um, a terrific movie um, last week. It's all available on the Internet, you know, so you can watch this movie for free from 1971 called The Last Valley about a... It's sort of a prepper movie. You could say it's, a, it's, a, it's an SHTF prepper movie for sure. Um, in that a valley has escaped the 30 years war. It's just an isolated valley. It's medieval, you know, late medieval period. So they're just all hand labor, all farm animals, livestock. And one little pleasant, happy valley has escaped the war, the 30 years war going all around it. But once it's discovered, it's plundered. And it has a, has a lot of really terrific lessons for living in a society during you know, war and chaos. And I, I recommend that folks read it, because if you watch that movie and then you imagine half of the people armed with, you know, with rifles, it's going to be pretty bloody. Matt Bracken, again, a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks, Dan. It has been wonderful. And uh, we'll talk again, hopefully. Maybe in better Thank times, you. maybe in worse times. I don't know. But I, I hope that... Uh, I'm a forgotten writer of hack novels in a few years. That's my greatest hope. Well, I don't think you ever will be because your novels, no matter what's going on on Earth or in the world, they're worth reading. I have I read them. They're just all wrong. I agree. Thank you very right, much. Have you. a wonderful Bye-bye. day. Bye-bye. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, 
www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom.